It's, it's the Movie Toasty Show Here for you Dennis and Adam joke about orgasms And sweet movie reviews We talk about TV too, right? I, I think so Yeah? Yeah Yeah! Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 57 of Movie Toast News and Reviews. I'm Adam. Uh, unfortunately, Dennis is not here this weekend, but he's hoping he'll be back on the next episode. So fingers crossed. Uh, we did bring in a special guest host, um, but unfortunately, the recording got kind of messed up and we lost the audio. We only got six minutes of his side of the audio out of a hour and 36 minute review conversation. So that kind of blows, but I'm coming here to give you a kind of solo show, sadly. Uh, hopefully you guys don't mind that, but yeah, let's just hop into it. So this episode is going to be a little weird. So please forgive me if uh, it seems awkward, but I got some sweet movies to talk about. Yeah. So as you know, we've been running polls over on our Twitter page to kind of help sell the episodes that we currently have out. So last week's episode, we had talked about a live action, fairly odd parents movie called a fairly odd movie. And so I went to Twitter and asked our followers, what is your favorite nineties Nickelodeon cartoon out of Rugrats, Doug, Ren and Stimpy and Rocco. And the votes were unanimous. A hundred percent of the votes went to Rocco's modern life. And I love the show. It's great. If I was voting, I would have voted for Ren and Stimpy. I loved them. They were great. Doug's sweet. Rugrats is awesome and a classic, but I got a soft spot for Ren and Stimpy. But who gives a fuck about mine? I'm trying to get the audience's polls on this. Up next, um, we talked about The Last Action Hero starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I wanted to know what people's favorite Arnold movie was out of Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Predator, Kindergarten Cop, and Jingle All the Way. I wanted to find out what you guys thought. And uh, once again, 100% unanimous votes for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. People love T2. This is a sequel that kind of rewrote the book on Terminator. The first one was more of like a horror movie. This one's more of an action movie. And boy, was it a great movie. I would have given this my vote as well, so I'm happy that it turned out that way. All right, and our final poll for the week was a horror movie kind of poll. So last week we talked about the Clive Baker movie Hellraiser and also the classic horror movie Puppet Master. So I wanted to know what people's favorite 80s horror movies were out of Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and Poltergeist. And I got to pump the brakes for a second. My guest, uh, Chauncey, if he's listening, thanks for fucking jumping in and doing that episode. And I'm so sorry the world can't hear it. We're going to get you back on another episode, and I hope it's going to be fucking amazing because I had fun talking to you, brother. But uh, you actually, I'm saying you as if he's listening and the only listener we have. Uh, but he pointed something out that was flawed about this fucking poll, which I didn't realize. Halloween came out in 1978, so it shouldn't be in this fucking category. And boy, do I feel like I got egg on my face because I do. That's a big fucking stupid move on my half. But shit happens. So uh, this was a 50-50 split vote here. Uh Coming in at 50% is Friday the 13th, 
and close behind that is Halloween. So yeah. And that kind of brings me into a preview of what I'm going to be giving reviews for. Uh, first up is going to be Paranorman from 2012. And the next three movies are also going to be 2020 movies. Uh, after Paranorman, I'm going to talk about The Witches, the HBO remake. Uh, then I'm going to talk about Love and Monsters. And then I'm going to talk about the new Borat sequel. But um, I say... I'm gonna talk about it because this week we have sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. People actually give a fuck about us and it feels so good. We're not getting paid, but we got press releases and I'm fucking happy about that. That's payment in enough that someone would say, hey, Movie Toast News Review, Dennis, Adam, you guys are kicking ass. We want you to tell your audience about our shit and I'm excited to tell you all about it. Hey, do any of you guys out there like Apple? Of course you do. America loves Apple. They just announced the fucking Apple iPhone 12, I guess. I don't have iPhones. I'm an Android guy. Oh, Apple's stink. hot. I love it. I work on a MacBook Pro. Fucking can't live without this this piece of technology, guys. But uh, did you know they have a little streaming service called Apple TV Plus? Well, if you're a fan of us, hopefully you do, because we gave a fucking sweet-ass review to the new Sofia Coppola movie On the Rock, starring Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. These guys have been great to us because they gave us a screener of that. So we're kind of in bed with Apple TV Plus. But they want you guys, our audience, to know that the M. Night Shyamalan show, Servant, is coming back for a season two, y'all. What? Yeah. January 15th, they're dropping the first episode. And then the next episodes will slowly start rolling out every Friday. We're getting one. And this is just exciting, guys. If you've seen the show and you need a recap of it, or maybe if you uh, haven't seen the show and you want to see how creepy it is, head on over to our Facebook where we're going to have a link of a video they sent us with some of the biggest scares and recap of the show. So you can just jump in on January 15th and check out Servant only on Apple TV+. Plus. Guys, this is M. Night Shyamalan at his finest. So get your asses over there, man. Sign up. It's like four bucks a fucking month, guys. I'm not even getting paid to tell you this stuff. That's how fucking awesome and excited I am for it. All right. We are also joined here by another sponsor, a.k.a. another fucking press release that I'm excited to tell y'all about there's this company called legion m they're the first four film fans owned by film fans company out there putting flicks out man this is fucking awesome i've uh, been in love with these guys since i heard about them at comic-con years ago they put out some big movies like colossal starring anne hathaway mandy starring nick cage and you know i'm just gonna keep it at that uh also ooh, say uh save yourself a movie i gave a review on the same episode that we talked about on the rocks yeah so they put out some movies like pretty much you can invest in movies and get reap the benefits to join Legion M people. And that's not even what they fucking have here on the press release for me to tell you. I'm just pumped because these guys are badass. Also, if you guys are like me and you want to have sweet ass fucking Corona mask, they sell the best fucking mask on the markets. Check out their shit over at Legion M, dude. And all the proceeds go to charity. I've got like fucking 20 of their masks. All right, it's more like 12. 15 but 20 is close enough uh they're well worth it guys but here's the press release for you guys um i mentioned that they did this movie mandy big cult fucking movie starring nick cage fucking wacky out there trippy movie a lot of people love it well guess what guys they're doing an anniversary screening coming to drive-ins and select theaters across the fucking country everyone 
All right. This is big news, man. If you have seen the movie and you only saw it on the on the little screen, get your asses out to a drive-in. Get your asses out to a theater if they're open and you feel comfortable and it's safe. But if not, get get to a drive-in. See this in your comfort of your car. Listen to the crazy trippy soundtrack booming out of your speakers. See Nick Cage in his glory, man. And guess what? With your ticket, you're getting a box of fucking Cheddar Goblin mac and cheese. You might be saying, hey, Adam, I don't know what the fuck Cheddar Goblin is. I don't even know what Mandy is. But Cheddar Goblin is the best fucking part of this movie. Think about Kraft mac and cheese and then think about a fucking little goblin. And then think about a little goblin fucking projectile vomiting out mac and cheese into a bowl of fucking a bowl into a fucking bowl and then kids eating it that's what cheddar goblin is it's the fucking balls to the wall it's the best man you're gonna get yourself a fucking ticket and you're gonna get a box of cheddar goblin will supplies last uh now they're playing this movie like i said in a bunch of locations y'all atlanta california chicago denver michigan new jersey north carolina orlando phoenix texas virginia uh fuck guys it's not playing in massachusetts so i'm screwed but my brother ran out there uh like dennis who is my co-host california is playing out there and all y'all that are living out there in la new jersey chicago atlanta and all those other places if you want to find out where it's playing man Here's all you gotta do. You gotta go to fucking shop.legionm.com backslash blogs backslash 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 news backslash. I'm not even. I'm I'm making words up here, guys. Google fucking Mandy anniversary screening and you'll fucking find it, y'all. Fucking go see this. I'm not gonna lie. I have mixed feelings on this movie. I understand it's a big movie. And I want y'all to experience it and tell me what you think about it. So get at us at movie underscore toast over on Twitter. Let me know if you're seeing there, seeing any of these movies. And let me know how sweet it is to eat cheddar goblin mac and cheese. Or try to sell me your box because I'd buy a box off you. All right, guys. So welcome back to the show. I'm going to give you some quick little reviews, man. Like I said, first up, I have a movie that's family friendly. You can get around, watch it with your kids, watch it with your parents, watch it with your grandparents. Watch it with your grandchildren. Watch it with whomever. Watch it by yourself. Watch it with your dog. Watch it with the fish. Fucking Paranorman. This movie everyone can enjoy for Halloween, man. So this movie came out back in 2012. Uh, It's about a little boy who can talk to ghosts. And uh, it turns out he's the only one who can save his town from a zombie apocalypse. And that ain't even it, y'all. Also from a spooky fucking witch who wants to kill everyone. And uh, this kid's a loner. But then he gets a best friend, and then uh, he makes another friend, and then his sister. Ah, man, I'm not going to spoil it, but this movie is fucking delightful as shit, guys. And the detail that these guys that like it put on these characters, oh, man, the slightest fucking things, like veins on a character or, like, uh, a piece of flesh or this or that. Oh, man, and the movie starts off looking like a B-movie in uh, like oh man there's so many little, like cool meta references in there but horror movies and it, it's cast man dude I didn't realize like I haven't seen this movie since 2012 when it was in theaters and I've just revisited on Netflix and the cast blew my fucking socks off here man fucking Anna Kendrick Casey Affleck fucking Leslie Mann Jeff Garland fucking McLovin uh, Cody Smith Miffy uh, Tucker Elaborizzi Oh, man, and the names just go on. Alex Bornstein from fucking Family Guy and fucking uh, 
the, the talented Miss uh, Maisel, uh, or like I said, Family Guy, she's Lois. But the one character who comes in and sets the fucking movie up, one of my fucking all-time favorites, John motherfucking Goodman, isn't it? And boy, did I love his character in this, man. So yeah, if you're looking for a creepy, fun movie that the whole family can enjoy, check out Paranorman. I give it mm, three and a half slices of toast. So check that out, y'all. Next up, staying in the realm of Halloween, I watched the Robert Zemeckis, Zemeckis, I know, I said it wacky the first time, HBO Max exclusive remake of Raw Dolls, The Witches. You might say, who's this Raw Dolls that you talk about? I'm talking about the fucking famous author that wrote the BFG, man, the big friendly fucking giant, y'all. And also, I think he did the Phantom Toll Booth and a lot of other fucking classics. Uh, and you might be saying, Adam, what's this movie about? I don't know. I don't know what it's about. And guess what? I'm here to tell y'all what it's about. It's about a boy and his grandmother are at this luxury hotel. And this boy uncovers a little meeting of witches. And he finds out that the witches want to turn all the kids in the world into mice. And then they want to take those mice and fucking flatten them and kill them, y'all. And how are they going to do this? They're all going to open up candy stores and fucking douse the fucking candy in some fucking rat-turning stuff. And uh, the boy himself gets turned into a rat. Mice. And I say rat. It's a mouse. He gets turned into a mouse. His new friend gets turned into, into a mouse. He had a pet mouse who he finds out is also a kid who got turned into a mouse. And so it's about them going to the boy's grandmother and she is also kind of like an anti-witch person. She's kind of like a voodoo doctor type of thing. So it's about them trying to find a formula to turn the kids back into kids, or I guess turn the mice into kids. And also about getting sweet, sweet revenge on these fucking witches. That's kind of the basis of it, but boy, is it quite the ride. And uh, if you want to know who wrote this movie, Robert Zermeckis himself did. You're like, who's he, guys? Because I'm a fucking person who doesn't know him. He's back, the guy that did Back to the Future, Flight, another Johnny Goodman movie. Um, also on the fucking writing team on this, the screenplay was also credited to Kenya Barris. You might be like, who's that? He's the guy that fucking created Blackish, one of the biggest shows over on ABC. Also wrote Shaft a couple of uh, months ago, that movie came out. But the one guy who you're like, hey man, when I think of creepy movies and awesome visually stunning flicks, this guy should write it and guess what he did? Fucking Guillermo del Toro, y'all. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so that's some high pedigree of people writing the script. I mean, they all didn't sit together and write it, I don't imagine. I imagine they each did a draft of the script and contributed major portions of it. Uh, and I'm boring you guys because you don't care about screenwriters like I do, probably. Uh, it has some great little kid talent here, but uh, the movie is narrated by the one and only Chris Rock. The circus, Afro circus, Afro circus, Afro, poke it up, poke it up, poke it up. Yeah, that got my motor running. Like, I love a good old Chris Rock fucking narration. And he gives a weird, like, southern charm to his uh, way of speaking. Uh, and then Octavia Spencer plays the grandmother, and she's fantastic in everything that she does. Also, you might be wondering who the head witch is. Well, that's none other than Anne Hathaway. Fucking someone give this princess a diary because she needs to start writing about her witchy ways. Shut up! Uh, and then... 
the uh, hotel is kind of run by the one and only Stanley Tucci. Um, guys, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but this is another one that you can watch with your family. And it's a spooky kind of Halloween style movie in a way because it has witches. But honestly, it's not really Halloween. I could watch this movie at any point in time. Uh, and I watched it with my mom and I think she liked it too. But I'm going to give the witches four slices of toast. Check this out. I mean, you can only see it if you have HBO Max. Um, so I know that's not possible for everyone, but uh, you can sign up for a free sample and then quit that sample or just sign up for HBO Max uh, because this movie is well worth it. It was supposed to come out in theaters, but guess what? Like the rest of the world, COVID got to it. Uh, and luckily, HBO Max is like, we need to show the world this flick. And I'm delighted that they showed me the movie. Moving on, there's a movie that came out at this point, I think uh, on October 16th. And uh, so it's about two or three weeks old by the time you're hearing my review this movie is called love and monsters it sounds like hey there's monsters halloween nah nah not halloween more like a post-apocalyptic style movie uh it stars uh dylan o'brien i guess he was in the teen wolf show man it'd be great if they got uh the teen wolf family in here they got mikey j fox and fucking jason bateman that'd be sweet that'd be quite the movie but uh it has this cat dylan o'brien uh jessica henwick who uh, I think was the love interest of Iron Fist. And uh, one of my all-time favorite cats, uh, Michael Rooker. You might know him as the uh, security guard in Mallrats, or you might know him as Merle from fucking Walking Dead, or perhaps you know him as the Guardians of the Galaxies kind of friend, kind of rival, Yondu. I'm very popular, y'all. Uh, and then it has this wonderful fucking girl, uh, young lady in it named Arianda Greenblatt. Uh, she played young Nebula in Infinity War. Uh, she was in the one and only Ivan. She was in A Bad Mom's Christmas. This girl is great in all those movies. But boy, oh boy, was she great in this movie. And there was a dog, man. Dogs and kids are taboo. You don't want to work with them. Uh, but boy, these two were phenomenal. This dog, every time I was just like, oh, dog, oh, he's so cute. And when the two are together, it's like magic, man. Uh, but you're like, hey, Adam, what the hell is this movie about? I know it's about love and monsters, and you're telling me about the cast. Tell me what the movie's about. Well, here's what it's about, in my opinion. I'm not going to read the fucking synopsis that's online. It's um, uh, seven years ago from when this movie started. This boy, Dylan O'Brien, finally met this girl and uh, they were having the best summer of their lives. The girl was played by Jessica Henwick. And uh, right before they were going to do the deed, the dirty deed. Yeah, baby. Uh, you know, they were going to consummate their friendship. Um, unfortunately, there was an asteroid coming to Earth. All the governments in the world shot missiles at it. I don't say missiles like that, but I figured I'd build it up with missiles um, just to drive you bonkers. And by you, I mean, I'm going to listen to this back later and I'm going to be like, why the fuck did I say missiles? I should just say missiles. But anywho, luckily the asteroid missed Earth because it got destroyed. But there was this like ooze or dust, something that kind of came down. And when it hit the world, it hit all the cold blooded animals and creatures on Earth and made them giant Gamera style, Godzilla sized fucking kaiju like monster creatures that started kind of killing and destroying people. Um, and then people had to start living in bunkers underground and having their own community. And needless to say, Dylan O'Brien was separated from his love. And uh, 
we see him seven years later in his bunker. Everyone has a wife and a spouse and a boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 whatnot. Everyone's uh, hooked up except for him. Everyone else pulls their weight. Their badasses are intense. They can go hunting. They can kill things. They can fight. But Dylan O'Brien, he's a peaceful cat. He don't do none of that. He freezes up in the face of danger. He's the chef. His, his, his bunker people love him. They just don't want to see him get in danger. But he finds out after seven years of being in this bunker, he finds out that Jessica Hinwick is a mere, merely like nearly she's like 80 miles away. He hears something bad happen because he finds out because he's scanning radios, trying to talk to other people. And she's one of them. And uh, and he's so excited. But then he hears like it sounds like something's attacking. And he's like, guys. I gotta, I gotta go find her. I'm going out there. How long does it take to get 80 miles? I'm like, dude, it's seven days getting there. Cause there's no electronics, no anything. The world is just in shackles. And they're like, we can't let you go. It's too dangerous. Nobody survived, survives out there. And you, we don't want to hurt your feelings, but you kind of, you're the weakest link and you'll get killed. And he's like, Guys, I I appreciate you guys caring about me and loving me enough, but I'm going out there and I'm going to find my love and I'm going to save the day. And it's kind of about him becoming a man and facing harsh realities. And he gets a dog companion along the way, which is adorable, like I said. And then he runs into Michael Rooker and the little girl and they kind of teach him how to survive. And then they split up and then he has to go find the girl and save the day. And uh, I, you might know where it's going. You might not know where it's going. I didn't know where it was going. And might I say the creatures are fucking flawless looking. You might believe there's a giant snail on screen. There's a giant turtle and they look pretty dang good. The CG in this, it's, it's amazing. And oh man, where they filmed this. Um, I don't know where the fuck it took place. I, I mean, I know the town they said it was in, but where they actually shot it, I don't know, but it looks so fucking sexy and sleek and there's like beautiful landscapes. So yeah, I guess it's going to come down to how many pieces of toast I'm going to give it. And I'm going to give this movie two pieces of toast. And here's why. Sure. It had a great dog actor, a great kid actor. Uh, and the visuals were pleasing, but the story and the dialogue just kind of floundered and it wasn't what I wanted. And the movie kind of dragged for me and it's only an hour and 49 minutes, but it's just not for me. It might be for you because guess what? It has a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb as a rating. Uh, other people have rated it and that's out of 9,471 people. So take my word with a grain of salt, check it out for yourself and let me know. Get at me at movie underscore toast on Twitter and let me know if you agree or disagree with me on this. And that's gonna bring us to our final movie of the uh, podcast today which is a movie that nobody knew was shot up until like a month ago when they're like, hey, this movie was shot and it's coming out very soon. I'm talking about a sequel to a movie that we never thought we'd see a sequel to, or I didn't think I'd see a sequel to, Borat. Borat subsequent movie film is what they call it now. Very nice. It used to be called something else that was longer and crazier. Uh, but this movie, I let me start off by saying I love the first Borat. It was a fish out of water and it was hilarious and nobody knew who this character was really. So I really believe that people thought this crazy guy was like real. Uh, but this time around, it picks up in real time. Borat uh, kind of made a laughing stock out of his country. And so he's like 
in prison, but his government's like, hey, now that Trump is in office, we realize people give him gifts and he becomes best friends with the worst countries of them all. So we want you to go and bring him our most prized possession, fucking Johnny Chimpo or something. I know that's that's not his name. That's the monkey uh, from Super Troopers, but I forget what the monkey's name is in this. He is like a film star, a director, a porn star. He's a monkey, by the way. Uh, but he's their prized possession. So they want Borat to go to America to bring the monkey to the president of America so they can be in their good graces. And he's like, yes, let's do it. Awesome. Borat is going to go home and say goodbye to his family. Uh, his wife has a new husband. His his sons don't care about him anymore. The only person that shows him any empathy is his one and only daughter who he shuns. So he leaves. They send him on a luxurious fucking cruise, as he says, and they send him all around the world. It takes him like, I think he said like seven weeks to get to America or something. And they don't even give him the monkey. They, he has to go to America and get the monkey a couple days later. Uh, and while he's in America, he finds out his daughter was actually shipped out. She snuck in the monkey pen, but she ate the monkey. And so he sends a fax to his government and they're like, well, you're going to come back and we're going to kill you unless you can give the president another better offer. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to give him my daughter. She will be the bride to him or someone else. And that's how I'm going to get in the good graces. And he finds out people know who he is. He's kind of famous in America. So he wears wacky disguises to cover up who he is sometimes. Uh, and it's ideally, essentially the movie is a bonding movie between a father and daughter. A father that's shunned a daughter and a daughter that just wants her father's love and affection. And it's kind of sweet in that way. And there's some laughs, some, some high laughs, some low laughs. I'm going to say the element of Borat that I feel like this is lacking is the believability. At this point, I feel like all the people are in on the joke. They have to know who he is for the most part. There's some areas where it's like, okay, cool. I can buy that they don't know who he is or whatnot. But unfortunately, I feel like a lot of this is staged and fake. Like, it's hard, man. I want to say I love this movie, but I, I don't. This movie, I'm giving one and a half pieces of toast out of four slices of toast. Yeah, I don't know. Let me know what you think about this movie. So yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Um, I'm really sorry that you couldn't hear the awesome review episode that I just recorded previous to this with my uh, buddy Chauncey. Um, but I'm going to give his show a shout out. He has a sports slash uh, movie kind of podcast out there that they just had their hundredth episode. So big props to that. It's called LA Podfidential, kind of like a play on LA Confidential, but podcast LA Podfidential. You can find that once a week, wherever you get podcasts, give these guys a listen. He's a great guy. And he had some cool movies that he reviewed that unfortunately we lost. Dennis hopes he can be back here to, jump back on to the show um he's just dealing with some family stuff and uh there's kind of a big announcement that he can uh, tell us next week uh, i'm excited for you guys to find out i can't wait to talk to him about it on the air with you um he kind of had some lows uh, the past couple of uh, weeks and uh, he just had a very high life-changing event that happened so i'm so happy for him and i can't wait to have him back um so yeah, that's gonna that's gonna bring me to the end here. Um, thanks for listening. I know this was a weird episode. Uh, you can find us online at, like I said, I've been pimping out Twitter. That's my number one. I've run the podcast. Uh, most of our our social medias. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, 
Discord, all at movie underscore toast. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube at movie toast news and reviews. And yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. You guys are the best audience. Please, we'd love to interact with you guys. So please start start interacting with us. Let us know what you want us to watch. Let us know if you agree or disagree with us on things. I love to hear from you, and I know Dennis would too. So thank you all, uh, and uh, stay toasty, everybody. Stay toasty.